really excited to read you a list that I have put together of folks that I believe are worthy of reproachment. I believe these folks are worthy of condemnation. In some cases, we know their name. In some cases, we don't. But in all cases, they are recipients of this week's The Other Side of Midnight presents Denunciations. I must begin with these TikTok vigilantes. A woman went on a racist rant in a Montco pizza shop that's in Pennsylvania. So TikTok vigilantes went after three innocent accountants. Three innocent women were caught in a deluge of harassment and doxing as Internet detectives searched for a woman who went on a racist rant at this pizza shop last month. Candace Bogar changed her name because she didn't want to be called a Karen, but that hasn't stopped the Internet from doing so. And uh, Bogar, who legally changed her name in 2021, did not want to be associated with the archetypical name for someone perceived as a white woman of privilege. Yet that pejorative and a bigot are all she has been called on the Internet since being mistaken for a woman who spewed xenophobic vitriol at a pizza shop owner last month. So after what happened here is after a video of a woman's racist rant inside Amy's family pizzeria went viral on Reddit and TikTok in February, the Internet was in pursuit of Rita Ballou, who called owner Omar Quinones an un-American ignoramus for playing Spanish-language television in his shop. Ballou, 55 years old, was later charged with ethnic intimidation and harassment. But before the Hatboro police publicly identified Ballou and TikTok found her Facebook page, several Twitter and TikTok accounts doxed, doxed Candace Boger, then Sally Popert and Tracy Guida, three women who have nothing in common with Bellu other than being blonde accountants and employed, and employed in Montgomery County. The release of their phone numbers and home and work addresses exposed these women to threatening phone calls and threatening emails that left them fearing for their jobs and their safety. After identifying Baloo, but before releasing her name, the Hatboro Police Department issued two warnings to stop harassing the doxxed women. This is the problem with vigilanteism whether it's in real life or on TikTok, is a lot of times you target the wrong people. These are three innocent women who've had their lives ruined because of these TikTok vigilantes. So if you're one of these TikTok vigilantes, I do denounce you. I must also denounce, and I wanted to include this because I gave these guys a shout-out the other day, last week, I believe, I want to denounce the mental health app Better Health, uh, Better Help, because uh, I've actually always had pretty good things to say about Better Help. I've steered a lot of people there, and they've had pretty good results. But I am forced to denounce them because they have been ordered to pay seven point eight million dollars to consumers to resolve claims that it disclosed private patient information. To outside parties, the Federal Trade Commission released a an order prohibiting BetterHelp from disclosing consumer health information to specific third parties for the purpose of retargeting or displaying advertisements. You know, 
If you go to a counselor, even if it's an online counselor, you'd like to think that you can share your information with them without being deluged with targeted ads. But apparently that's too much to ask. Better help? I do denounce you. I must also denounce Republican Senator from Oklahoma, Mark Wayne Mullen, in a heated exchange uh, in the midst of a Senate hearing. Senator Mullen actually told a witness to, quote, shut your mouth during a heated exchange at a Senate hearing. The witness, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, Sean O'Brien, went toe-to-toe with Senator Mullen at the hearing before the uh, panel's chairman, Bernie Sanders, had to intervene multiple times to get the questioning back on track. I mean, to me, there's no excuse for this. If you're a senator in the midst of a Senate hearing, this is not something that happened in private. This is the midst of a Senate hearing for the whole world to watch. Carry yourself with some decorum. And, you know, I said the same thing about Anthony Weiner when he was so insulting to Peter King on the floor of the House of Representatives. And it's even more so in the Senate, which is supposed to be a body of elder statesmen. And there's just no excuse for this kind of language, this kind of behavior. Shut your mouth to a Senate witness. No, that's why the witness is there, to offer testimony. How about you do your job and ask questions? Do your job, debate legislation. When it comes time to vote on that legislation, vote on it. Shut your mouth. Shame on you. I would never tell anybody that. Anybody. Not even a private. Uh, I want to denounce Colin Kaepernick. You know, this is really reprehensible. I, I hate to be one of these people that jump on whatever the the issue of the day is that... Um, uh, that plays into the culture wars or the race wars, but this is just ridiculous. The Colin Kaepernick is is black, but he was adopted and by white parents, and those are the parents that raised him. And in an interview with CBS Chicago, he was promoting his new graphic novel, Change the Game, and he said that he struggled growing up in a problematic household and he adds I know my parents loved me but there were still very problematic things that I went through it was important to show no this can happen in your own home and how we move forward collectively while addressing the racism that is being perpetuated so this novel this graphic novel tells the story of Colin Kaepernick's journey from high school into you know professional sports, and that heavily centers around his lack of choice in his future. His parents particularly tried to steer him in a direction they thought was best, which led to several fights between them and their adopted son. And one of those disagreements was illustrated in the novel was a fight over his hairstyle. He wanted to wear cornrows, and his mother pushed back. Now... I think this is just absurd. I think if there's, I've always said that if there's one, there's two people you should always be grateful for, it's your parents, your your biological parents, because without them, you wouldn't even be here. But 
if you're lucky enough to be adopted because the parents, your biological parents didn't want you for whatever reason, or they couldn't take care of you, what other circumstances, you should be incredibly grateful that you were raised in a loving household. And you know what? It seems like Colin Kaepernick was had an upbringing that was actually somewhat privileged. And I'm not knocking it. Good for him. I these these parents were trying to steer him in a proper direction and because he they wouldn't they didn't want him to have cornrows in his hair he's saying they perpetuated racism i find this so objectionable i find this so disrespectful to the people that bore you i would never say this about my parents my parents aren't perfect i, I i'm yet to meet a pair of parents that are but to say something like this publicly, that they're perpetuating racism. I mean, shame on you, Colin Kaepernick. Shame on you. I must also denounce federal judge Roger Benitez. You might think that a, a that any American judge would be severely penalized for tormenting an innocent child in court, but you would be wrong. Federal judges protected by life tenure are apparently free to mistreat people in their courtrooms, including spectators with impunity and little fear of punishment. And that is just what happened last month in San Diego when senior federal district judge Roger Benitez committed what I would uh, what uh, I think a lot of people would consider child abuse. When Mario Puente brought his 13-year-old daughter to Benitez's courtroom, he hoped her visible support might help him persuade the judge that he was committed to turning his life around, rather than being returned to prison for violating his parole on drugs charges. Benitez was indeed moved by the girl's presence, but in a stunningly inhumane direction. Before the hearing was over, the teenager found herself weeping in handcuffs at the judge's command, even though she had done nothing more than sit quietly in the spectator's section while her father attempted to talk himself out of more prison time. Think about that. 13-year-old girl comes to support her father at his sentencing, and she gets handcuffed. In the middle of the proceeding. I mean, shame on you, Judge Benitez. The father, by the way, Mario Puente, had already served five years for drug possession. And he had offended again while on supervised release, which would likely mean a return to prison. And he was allowed to address the court before sentencing. And the defendant tried to explain the impact of continually running into his old drug-using friends and how he might be able now to avoid them if he could remain on the outside. So he tells Judge Benitez, it's a reoccurring cycle. It's a revolving door. Leaving what I know, leaving everybody I know. Then this guy made a reference to his daughter, meant only to emphasize his commitment to staying away from those, you know, those guys that do drugs. And he said, she is following the same footsteps as I am right now. The judge, Benitez, interrupted and asked Puente what he meant. She's basically growing up where I grew up, 
So she's encountering the same people that I grew up with that's going to lead her into the same path that I went down. That's what he said. So that triggered a harsh reaction from this lunatic in black regal robes who turned to the courtroom marshal and said, you got cuffs? As he ordered the girl to approach the bench. Put the cuffs on her, the judge instructed the marshal, who evidently complied without protesting, handcuffing the crying child behind her back. Benitez told the marshal to place the girl in the jury box, handcuffed and crying, and finally released her from the restraints. Af- uh, released her from the restraints after a while, but he wasn't done. Rather than allow her to return to the galaxy, the judge begins lecturing her. How did you like the way those cuffs felt on you? The judge demanded. The girl, through tears, says, I didn't like it. How did you like sitting up there? The judge asks. I didn't like it, she says through tears again. Good. That was the message I was hoping to get to you. So your dad's made some serious mistakes in his life and looks at where it's landed him. And if you're not careful, young lady, you'll wind up in cuffs and you'll find yourself right where I put you a minute ago. And then he adds, you're an awfully cute young lady. And I have a feeling you have a wonderful life ahead of you. But from what I just heard from what your dad from your dad causes me to be very troubled. Finally, he allowed this poor girl who I guarantee you was regretting coming to the courtroom to return to her seat next to an aunt and a family friend. And then he sentences her father to an additional 10 months in prison. With zero cause, with zero provocation, with zero justification, he shackled an innocent child while hectoring her about a grim future as she cried. This judge is an absolute buffoon. An absolute buffoon. Uh, Judge Roger Benitez, I do denounce you. I must also denounce, I don't believe we have this woman's name, but a Tacoma woman with tuberculosis who has refused treatment since 2022, and they have now issued a warrant for her arrest because she's going all over town potentially spreading tuberculosis, and they fear this might be another typhoid Mary situation, but the patient is still refusing to isolate and get the treatment she needs to treat tuberculosis. So there's now a civil arrest warrant, which will authorize law enforcement to detain her on or following Friday, March 3rd, which I realized was last week and take her to a facility equipped for isolation, testing and treatment. Guys, if you have tuberculosis, not only for your own health, but for the health of the whole community, please get treatment. Get treatment. Unnamed woman with tuberculosis, TB Mary, we'll call you. I do denounce you. I must also denounce the judge at the um, at the Southern Poverty. Excuse me, not the judge. The lawyer. See, I still got that judge on my brain. The a lawyer by the name of Thomas Webb Jurgens. He's a lawyer for the Southern Poverty Law Center 
who has been charged with domestic terrorism amid the Atlanta riot. He's been released on bail. But, look, this is a lawyer, supposedly for a group that is um, supposed to be reputable, and he's out there rioting with demonstrators that are hurling bricks and throwing Molotov cocktails at police police officers and setting cars on fire. I mean, this is horrible. Um, These were about the protests over a planned Atlanta police training facility dubbed by opponents Cop City. Well, maybe Atlanta could use a few more cops. And maybe the Southern Poverty Law Center could use a few less rioters in their ranks. I'd be interested if this guy's going to keep his job. Is that what they're saying over there at the Southern Poverty Law Center? You're able to just riot with impunity? I want to denounce anyone particularly California residents, who is calling 911 over planets in the sky. There have been two shiny dots in the sky, uh, very visible in California, and apparently it startled a whole bunch of residents in California's Central Valley. And the Stanislaus County Sheriff had to take to Facebook on Thursday to tell people they should not call 911 as NASA confirmed that these stars, in fact, were Jupiter and Venus. There's no reason to report this, adding they received multiple calls to dispatch. Guys, the 911 operators are busy people. But aside from that, for every call that they're taking from you because you've seen Jupiter or Venus, that's a call that it might take them a little bit longer to respond to. Don't call 911 unless it's an emergency. If you think you see a UFO, you there you can go to the UFO reporting network. You don't have to call 911. I mean, it's absurd. And finally, I must denounce the city of San Francisco. According to the 12 cities analyzed San Francisco's restaurant goers are the worst tippers in the country. This is according to a new report from the restaurant sales platform Toast, with a number of other cities in the Midwest and Rocky Mountain region slotting in as some of the most generous in the U.S. Cleveland, by the way, was the only city with an average tip that was above 20%. It was followed by Denver. And Salt Lake City. There you have it. But the absolute worst tippers, San Francisco. San Francisco. New York, D.C., and Seattle, they all had an average tip in the 18% range. Not too bad. So, All right. Um, hey, if you want to comment on anything that we're talking about, you're welcome to give me a call, 800-848-9222. You're also encouraged to join our Facebook group, you can go to um, facebook.com slash groups slash Radio Morano, or you can just go on Facebook and search Morano Radio Fans and Haters, and that's a, a forum for uh, basically discussing the things that we talk about on the show and uh, following up on issues that we've brought up, giving your opinion on things that we've done, and uh, we also post the music in the, uh, in the that we play as bumper music there each and every morning after the program as well. All right. Coming up in a minute, Sal Greco, you may remember, 
he was an NYPD officer who was fired essentially because of his association with Donald Trump. Well, there was an article in the New York Daily News a day or two ago that Sal was calling for the police commissioner to be fired for palling around with a convicted felon, Cardi B. Well, something very interesting has happened. It's being reported that Juanita Holmes, one of the top chiefs in the NYPD, is being transferred, being demoted, essentially, for exactly that. We'll get into it with Sal Greco in just a moment. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 